Hi, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Digital Switch. Uh, Sonia, I hear in the last two episodes, you kind of went ahead and recorded without me. <laughs> I did. It was it was a little weird not having my co-host, but I'm glad you're back. No, I'm glad you handled it. So sorry I haven't been here for the last couple of episodes, but uh, tell us why we're here today. So this week we have a returning guest. I'm sure everyone is familiar with him by now, but Gengesh Ganesan, who is Piranova's president and CEO. So Gengesh, thank you for stopping by today. Hi, Sonia and Navid. Uh, great to be back on the show. Excellent. So for the last couple of episodes, we have been talking a lot about the industry challenges, Gengesh. And so we thought, why don't we have you on the show so we can quickly recap what uh, we do and what our platform does and dive a little bit deeper into the platform itself. So this episode is going to be dedicated to learning a lot about the Peer Nova solution. So if you have any questions, if anything is unclear, please, by all means, reach out to us. You can just go to our contact page and um, we're going to actually do this in a series. So there'll be some additional podcasts and blog posts uh, that you can look out for. But let's get into it. So to start with the basics, our platform empowers enterprises to unlock their data, improve performance and discover opportunities. And this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of messaging that we've been focusing on uh for a little while now and i think it's important for us to unpack this so gengish let's start from there how does our platform actually accomplish this so um you know at its core uh we are an end-to-end -end automation platform uh for enterprise business users uh specifically if you look at uh you know the kinds of uh clients that we deal with uh large financial institutions like banks clearing houses people like that what our platform does is it automatically captures uh, data and all the details from their transactions, trades, transfers, um, anything at all from their applications and business processes. And it uh, infers insights and provides those insights uh, so that the business users can take automated and guided actions uh, based on the insights they've gained from this data. Uh, examples of some of the uh, guided actions or automated actions that the platform can enable them to take are, uh, you know, with regards to data quality, um, how can they resolve their data quality issues? Um, how can they identify uh, and resolve uh, the exceptions that are happening uh, in their various uh, business workflows? Uh, and how can they reduce the cycle times uh, for processing their regular trades and also their exception trades. Uh, so this is the kind of functionality that PureNova's Cuneiform platform offers to users. Excellent. So you talked a lot about insights. Um, let's pick a, a, a specific use case for a second. Let's say trade validation. So if a platform, uh, excuse me, if a firm was, uh, was to uh, begin using our platform today, what kinds of questions and insights specifically could they uh, could our platform provide for them? So first of all, uh, you have to understand uh, who is the business user uh, to whom uh, the platform is targeted. Uh, for the type of use case that you just mentioned, uh, Naveed, uh, the type of business user we are looking at is someone who works in a large financial institution in their middle or back office. 
um, you know, likely a, a senior person who's making the decisions, but there are various people that work for this person. Uh, the senior person might be someone like an MD that's responsible for trade validation. Uh, and uh, under him or her, uh, there are people uh, in their operations groups uh, that are responsible for performing this control function, end-to-end uh, -end trade validation. The type of metrics that these folks are looking for are typically along the lines of uh, what are the data sources and applications uh, where data quality is of concern for them. Uh, and more specifically, they might be looking at, uh, you know, very specifically data quality issues uh, with respect to particular data sources, uh, they might be looking for uh, the change in data quality uh, over time, uh, maybe uh, degradation of data quality over time um, from these applications and sources, or, or maybe even improvements in data quality uh, that are happening in some of their applications and sources. Uh, and the other types of questions that they're looking at are what kinds of business processes uh, and what kinds of business rules uh, are actually creating most of these data quality issues. Uh, these are some of the questions that they're looking to answer. Uh, some of the more advanced questions they're looking to answer are things like, are the data quality issues being resolved at a satisfactory rate? Uh, how do I identify the root cause of these data quality issues and exceptions uh, faster? How do I improve the data quality metrics of these different data sources. So in the case of trade validation, uh, the types of questions that our platform can help answer are uh, these types of questions. It can provide answers and insights uh, about these types of uh, issues, questions, uh, you know, uh, regarding their data quality. So to me, it sounds like that is very focused on, um, say, at a firm level or business unit level even. And you mentioned, uh, obviously, business users being uh, the primary target audience for our platform. Can you tell me what kinds of questions specifically would a business, meaning at an individual level almost, what kinds of insights will they be able to get? Yeah, I think, you know, if I had to kind of uh, go more specific uh, into this trade validation use case itself, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, what is it uh, that an operations MD uh, and the group working for this operations MD uh, are actually focused on? Uh, they are focused on providing uh, clean consumable data for downstream applications um, inside the financial institution. Uh, and the downstream applications may be financial reporting, maybe regulatory reporting, uh, maybe client reporting, uh, maybe tracking uh, their risk metrics. Uh, maybe providing uh, risk reports to higher level management, uh, maybe looking at, um, you know, uh, making sure that the data they provide uh, can be used for liquidity management. Uh, so these are the kinds of insights uh, that the uh, MDs uh, are trying to provide. Uh, and they're trying to provide it by making sure that the data sources uh, are all, you know, correct, consistent, um, and, uh, and, and, and timely uh, in terms of how they provide this data. Now, the, the kinds of things that additionally that they're looking for are, uh, you know, specifically metrics around what kind of exceptions are happening. Can I group these exceptions together? Uh, for example, um, you know, are exceptions happening uh, for a particular type of an instrument coming from a particular type of, a, a, you know, trade facility? Uh, or uh, are we having exceptions today, uh, you know, uh, at a particular time uh, because, uh, you know, uh, a particular 
business process has changed uh, at the end client uh, or at the counterparty. Uh, so these are the kinds of things that they're looking for. Uh, and so not only are they looking to identify broadly exceptions and obviously fix them, uh, but in order to improve their business processes, they're trying to actually group these things together. Uh, so from these groupings, they're trying to get the kinds of insights that allow them to transform their existing business processes. Uh, and in many cases, they're looking to identify uh, is the issue something that is purely an IT issue? Uh, is this a client issue? Uh, is this an operational issue? Is this an application issue? Uh, what is it? And, and that type of insight as well can be uh, extracted uh, from the metrics that Piernova's Cuneiform platform offers for you. So what our listeners have probably gathered by now is that our platform is really built about automating processes and ensuring data quality for a variety of use cases that you mentioned. Things like compliance, regulatory reporting, trade validation, exception management, and there's many more. But if we pause for a moment and talk about tools out there that on the surface claim to provide automation and data quality, but let's take another look at them. With these tools come several challenges with things like implementation, integration, and interoperability. So Gengesh, what are the challenges with these current tools and how does the Cuneiform platform solve or avoid them? So, you know, this is a, a broader question, Sonia, and I'll try and give some context uh, to it. Obviously, uh, the kinds of problems that I've described uh, in the kinds of metrics and measurements that I'm talking about uh, and the actions that operations people themselves take, uh, these kinds of things have been around in the industry, you know, since the beginning of, uh, of these institutions being in place. All these institutions have operational groups uh, and they're all trying to make sure that uh, things are processed correctly uh, and and, uh, you know, their clients, counterparties, regulators and, and key stakeholders get information correctly uh, in a timely manner. Yeah. So but what has been the challenge? The challenge has been, as we have talked about in prior episodes, uh, the financial industry has had, uh, you know, lots of mergers and acquisitions, uh, lots and lots of regulatory framework that has been laid in uh, here in the U.S. over a course of time, uh, say 30, 40 years. Um, and, um, you know, and, and as these institutions have expanded globally, uh, they've had to deal with many different complex financial environments and regulatory environments that are specific uh, to the particular geography or legal entity uh, in which they're operating. Uh, so there's been a lot of challenges. Um, and, and technology obviously has been evolving as we go along with uh, these things. Now, traditionally, if you look at a financial institution uh, today, there are two ways by which they've kind of tried to resolve these kinds of data quality or end-to-end -end, uh, you know, process automation in whatever way they've kind of tried to do. Uh, in one case, uh, they actually use what are called bespoke systems. Uh, they use a data preparation tool. Uh, they prepare the data, bring it in into some staging area. Uh, and in the staging area, they then apply uh, a data quality tool. Uh, the data quality tool spits out something like an exception report. Uh, they then take this exception report and somehow tie it to some kind of a workflow tool. Um, and then from the workflow tool, uh, they assign these exceptions to various people. Uh, and then they try and track the progress of uh, these uh, exceptions uh, through other tools um, and uh, eventually try and figure out how uh, all of this needs to come together. Now, as you can imagine, uh, you know, each one of these tools uh, is an independent tool leading to a fair amount of integration challenges that uh, firms have faced. 
uh, particularly with uh, you know more digital transformation efforts, uh, more modern big data systems, uh, more cloud native systems, more API based systems. Uh, you know these tools uh, have a, a certain challenge in interoperability because some of them have been built uh, over you know 10, 20, 30 years ago, uh, and it's uh, it's it's extremely hard for firms to maintain um, and and get the kind of real time and end to end insights. Uh, that they now need. Uh, and many of these tools and systems were built uh, for a time when batch applications were more common uh, in the financial industry. Um, and as the financial industry is gearing up and, and, and running more in a 24-7 mode, trying to satisfy the new type of clients and client requirements, uh, these tools have ended up becoming uh, very expensive. Uh, the bespoke tools have ended up being very expensive. So that is one type of way by which, uh, one type, one mechanism by which firms have actually tried to solve the problem. Now, there's another group of firms, uh, and sometimes the same, same firms as well have a combination of bespoke systems and a second type of systems, uh, which we call uh, integrated legacy systems. Now, these are firms uh, that uh, start off with some kind of a digital transformation journey uh, before these words were even coined. Uh, so they went uh, down the ERP platform migration. Um, you know, they, they, they had some manual stuff, manual workflows. Uh, they went to early phases of Oracle implementation in the 90s. Uh, and it took them, you know, several years to finish those Oracle ERP implementations. Uh, and then the internet came. Uh, and then the mobile world came. Uh, and then sort of the modern, you know, way of doing Web 2.0 and Web 3.0 applications came about. Uh, and they, these firms are struggling with these legacy integrated costs. Now, the, the challenge here is huge upfront costs. Uh, these firms still continue working with, you know, large vendors. Uh, you know, examples could be IBM, Oracle. Uh, you know, typical implementations could run in the hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, you know, to, to actually even, um, you know, bring in these kinds of big digital transformations with these large vendors. Uh, and it's not just these huge upfront costs. They require uh, SI vendors, system integration vendors, uh, to customize, configure, and maintain these products. Now, uh, in the case of IBM uh, and Oracle, they provide some of these services, but there's a vast array of uh, service vendors. Uh, it could be all the way from Accenture, um, you know, Deloitte, KPMG, Ernst & Young, people like that. Um, you know, or uh, it could be, uh, you know, various outhouse, uh, outsourcing vendors like uh, Wipro, Cognizant, TCS. Uh, you need to bring an army of people uh, from all of these different categories, uh, you know, and try and do the system integration uh, to configure and maintain some of these large legacy systems. And the other challenge uh, in these legacy systems is that these are typically viewed as IT problems. Uh, which means you need a large IT team, a very large CIO budget, um, and business users who ultimately um, are the people who are looking for these kinds of operational and business-related insights uh, struggle with the right kind of self-serve tools. Uh, they have to provide the requirements to the IT tools, IT uh, counterparts, uh, who then go and uh, bring in the system integration vendors to do these implementations. So uh, in both cases, uh, bespoke uh, tools that uh, you know the banks have tried to integrate themselves, or while using integrated legacy systems, uh, there have been lots of challenges with cost, money, integration, and time. Uh, and what PNO's platform tries to do uh, is try and solve this by providing a, a zero-code platform for business users that allows them to configure and get these kinds of business insights um, you know, almost immediately with low, very low upfront costs. Uh, so that's kind of the core of uh, the PNOVA platform. Oh, that's great. We've covered an overview so far of what Cuneiform does, 
the questions it can answer and the challenges it can avoid. But if people are listening and they still maybe don't understand exactly why our platform is a better solution than what is already out there, can you provide us with a high-level comparison of similar solutions like metadata, APM, and maybe BI tools and identify for our listeners what exactly makes Cuneiform unique? Yeah, so that's another very, very good question. Uh, you know, what Pianova tries to do is offer business users an ability to directly uh, get to the, you know, business workflows and business metrics that they're interested in. Uh, you know, and traditionally what this means, uh, what this has meant in the enterprise is that they've had to reach out to their IT, IT counterparts uh, and go try and solve, uh, you know, this either with a combination of bespoke systems or add this functionality into their integrated legacy, uh, you know, um, application from um, IBM Oracle or someone like that. Now, in the case of Piernova, uh, we are not a metadata tool, uh, much like what, uh, you know, someone like a, a Colibra would offer, uh, uh, claiming that they solve data quality. Uh, at a high level, metadata tools are tools that, uh, you know, give you some type of documentation and insight about the various data sets that are there in the, in the financial institution or in any enterprise for that matter. Uh, these metadata tools, however, do not uh, perform any kind of data quality check. They they actually don't do data quality at all. Uh, what they are are basically a set of documentation tools that you can use uh, to uh, maintain a, a catalog of all the data sets that you have uh, so that you at least know what you have. Uh, that's kind of what a metadata tool is. Uh, that type of functionality is useful, uh, certainly for an in, uh, institution. Uh, in the bespoke tool model, uh, metadata tools are one of the tools that uh, large financial institutions use. In the case of the Pianova platform, uh, all of this type of metadata information, catalogs, dictionaries, glossaries, are auto-generated in the platform. Uh, so we are somewhat different than a metadata tool in, in which all of this is done manually, uh, and that's all those tools do. In our case, the metadata information is auto-generated out of the platform, um, and it's sort of one of the functions inside our platform. So that's sort of the comparison against a metadata tool. Now, uh, APM tools are somewhat different. Um, uh, and over the last 10 or 15 years, one of the largest categories um, you know, in the enterprise world is APM tools, uh, which basically stands for Application Performance Monitoring. Uh, in the early days, there were many tools, but uh, you know, AppDynamics, uh, Datadog, uh, Dynatrace, New Relic, uh, these are some of the companies today that provide APM solutions. And what an APM solution is, is basically uh, is targeted towards an IT ops user, uh, someone who's running a data center uh, or who's responsible for managing applications uh, from the IT side uh, in an enterprise. And the APM tools give them various metrics and insights about uh, things like CPU utilization, memory utilization, network utilization. Uh, it would allow them insights that an IT user is interested in. Uh, you know, trying to understand uh, what the IT bottlenecks are potentially, and APM tools can allow you to identify these bottlenecks, uh, potential bottlenecks, and try and prevent these bottlenecks from turning into uh, potential, uh, you know, impact uh, for, uh, for uh, you know, downstream business users. But the APM tools are targeted towards IT users strictly. Now, in contrast to that, uh, the Piernova platform is targeted towards business users. In business users, uh, you know, if I'm, you know, responsible for trade validation, I am not necessarily interested in knowing the amount of virtual memory that my application took. While that's a useful metric for someone in the IT world to know, 
if I am responsible for knowing uh, today, uh, you know, my liquidity, uh, uh, you know, uh, that I'm holding, um, you know, with respect to a key counterparty, uh, I am not necessarily interested in CPU utilization or memory utilization of underlying servers. What I'm really interested is in understanding, you know, literally at the application level benchmarks. I'm looking to make sure that all my netted cash positions, um, all my incoming cash flow, uh, you know, uh, positions uh, in my books and positions are actually matching. Uh, and I have the right data to be able to make the right liquidity decision at the particular point. So Piernova's platform allows those kinds of business users to get the kind of metrics that they're interested in, either it's operational or business metrics, but from a higher level, uh, mostly business-centric metrics, how to collect them from the applications um, and workflows. Uh, that's what we do. So in that sense, uh, you know, we contrast ourselves against the APM vendors who provided an automated tool for IT. Uh, users, uh, we provide a similar automated tool for providing business metrics for business users. So that's sort of the big picture comparison of what exactly the Cuneiform platform does. It's not a metadata tool. Um, you know, while we offer some metadata functionality in an automated way, uh, what we are are an end-to-end -end automation platform that allows business users to collect such business data. Uh, and, and that's how we, uh, you know, position ourselves in the market. And that's the solution that we offer to our clients. Well, thank you, Gengesh. I think uh, um, that was quite a lot of uh, detail there. And I know that um, uh, I know we covered a lot of stuff today, uh, but I hope we were able to kind of, to convey just how complex the problems that we're trying to solve are and why your platform is uniquely able to address these challenges. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we will uh, dive into these topics uh, even further in the next few episodes. But thank you, Gengesh. We know how busy you really are and appreciate taking the time to come on the show again and educating us. Uh, Naveed and Sonia, thanks. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to sort of come in and communicate uh, to uh, all our listeners uh, exactly what the Kineform platform does and how uh, it uh, solves users for real business users and how it contrasts against um, other vendors that are selling um, other products in the market. So as always, before Sonia wraps up, if you have any questions, want to learn more, please visit us at piernova.com send us a quick email or go to the resources section of our site to learn more about each of these specific things. But thanks again. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Digital Switch. You can find us on your favorite podcast streaming service, digitalswitch.show, and recently on YouTube. Stay up to date on podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and all things Purnova at purnova.com and at Purnova Inc. on Twitter. Have a great week, everyone, and stay safe.